So we want our daughters and we want to show them that, you know what, you can have the lifestyle you want. You can live the way you want. You can live your why. As long as you're willing to, to very, very strategically line up a portfolio, line up a mortgage system. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. What's up, Right Club Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast with me, my co-host, Sarah Larby. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm great. I'm great. Good to That's see you again. How are you? Very good. Very good. That's awesome. Really, really cool podcast we have today with Mike and Jen Richter, probably one of the long time, if not the longest supporters of the Right Club. They've been there from the beginning. We both met them because of the Right Club. We didn't know them before it existed, right? So really excited to have them on the podcast. I know we've hung out at your cottage with them. We've done a bunch of social stuff with them. Really, really good people. And I'm lucky enough and we're lucky enough to call them uh, friends of ours as well. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say like you and them are in my top five. Like, you know, they say like hang out, you know, the people that you hang out with the most, you'll be the most like them or your network is your net worth, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's uh, top five. It is really cool. Like my network now, like my top five, I would say the majority of them are actually Right Club members, Right Club supporters. And uh, they are just awesome, a power couple. They started, you know, not that long ago and uh, started in new build construction, moved their way up. Now they're doing joint venture, duplex conversions, like just some amazing things that they've, uh, they've been doing. And they're juggling two kids and, you know, tons of other stuff and still making it look easy. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, Sarah. And you know what? I could say the same with for yourself and Jen and Mike that, you know, you guys inspire me and encourage me to keep doing more and trying more and getting out of that comfort zone. And that's the cool part is that once, once you have a group of people like that, that are your cheerleaders that are cheering for you, whether you're doing the birth strategy, new builds, legal conversions, rentals, whatever it is, is that we're cheering for each other to be successful, right? We want, we want each other to be the best versions of ourselves. And that's how we maintain, you know, a high level of success and, and continue to push each other to do amazing things. So uh, really, really interesting podcast, really good podcast, a little bit of a cameo from, uh, from one of their daughters on there as well, too, that came on the podcast, which is really nice, but it's just real life. That's real life. It's a Sunday morning. Their daughter's there with them in the house and they want to be on the podcast too, which is pretty cool. And they each have a house themselves as well too so i know they recognize us they're like we want to say hi to sarah and alfonso <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it is really really cool and uh, i'm really excited to to share this podcast with everyone because you know they're they're great friends of ours and it's awesome like yesterday we went to play cash flow jen made some amazing hors d'oeuvres <laughs> i just bought mine <laughs> but it's, it's like it's just it's just fun they're fun to hang out with and uh and they know a lot about real estate investing and you know, if you've got a spouse or a, your your husband, your wife, maybe they're not 100% on board, go talk to Jen and Mike because Jen originally was not on board. And now I think she loves real estate investing and uh, and they both do. And they're do both doing this together, complementing each other's skills. So it is really, really cool. Aside from that, though, I would just say, guys, check out our website, check out our calendar of our events that are coming up. We've got one every single month except for July and August, but 
We've got some really great speakers lined up. We've got great lightning round panelists lined up. I mean, we've got just some amazing things coming. And, you know, again, we're, we're approachable. Come out to the right club. Come out and talk to us. I think that's one of the things that we want to be able to, to always keep doing is just to be there with everyone and being able to, to speak and get to know our audience, get to know people that are coming into the club. And it's just really cool. Like I think right now we're averaging about 250 people each and every single time. So it's, uh, it's just great to see how many people have some great stories, how many people we can help or vice versa. I mean, you know, there's some really experienced folks that come to the club that are, you know, in a much higher, you know, I don't know, maybe sandbox. I don't know what you call it than, than myself. <laughs> and it's awesome because I'm learning a ton of stuff as well. Absolutely. And, th- and that's the cool part. And, and, you know, you did mention, right, with, with Jen not being on board at first, right, when they first started investing in real estate. And now she's gun ho and, and they're going to tell a real cool story that could have been a huge obstacle or a huge roadblock to stop investing or to stop to keep doing what they're doing. But they found a way around it and they're encouraging each other and, and that's what the Right Club's about is we all have common struggles. doesn't matter the strategy. doesn't matter where we are in our lives, what part of our portfolio we're growing. We all have common struggles. May, may it be the mindset. Might it be the motivation? How do we find deals? How do we find money? How do we find financing? You know, how do we get leads? All that type of stuff is the common things that we talk about. And, and when you're in those rooms, that's the cool part is you feel this energy and everybody's sharing their own experience. If we just relied on our own selves, we'd only have a limited amount of experiences that we can draw from. But this is the cool thing, is in a room full of seasoned investors, brand new investors, and everywhere in between, everybody's got a story. Everybody has an experience that you can lean on. Some are the same, some are completely different, but you can learn every step of the way. And uh, yeah, and and we truly too take it to heart, the, the feedback, the encouragement, anything that you guys want more of or you want to hear more about, we definitely, we implement that. We do our surveys at the end of the night. We read our emails, all that kind of stuff. We really, really want to work to make this the best possible experience, the best club, the best networking group out there where you're getting what you want. And uh, yeah, we're encouraged. So definitely look forward to meeting. If you haven't been out to an event, definitely come out. We want it. We want to learn. uh, We want to learn about you too. Awesome. All right. Let's do the interview. So I'm really excited to have Jen and Mike, some good friends of ours that we've met actually through the Right Club a couple years ago. I have probably attended every single event that we've had. I don't think you guys Not have probably. Before. Yeah, no, for sure. There's been a Richter at every single event. That's it. So welcome, guys. Really excited to have you on. Thank you. We're happy to be here. So awesome. I... I know a lot about you guys, but our audience might not. And so just out of curiosity, how did you get started in real estate investing? What was your original strategy and what is it today? How we got started uh, five years ago, we actually rented out Mike's first bachelor pad house that he had in Milton. And we got pregnant with our first daughter and we had our child. And, you know, you sit down with the banks and they're all like, here's your RESP. You have a kid. You have to own one now. And we were looking at the returns and we were just like, we're supposed to be happy with 7% return. Like, hmm, I'm pretty sure our rental property right now is doing better than that. And we kind of joked around. We're like, oh, we should buy the three month old baby a house. Ha ha ha. 
And then we did. And then, of course, then we had a, our second daughter 18 months later, and you can't play favoritism. So we had to buy her a house as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of this joke between Mike and I. We're like, okay, this is going actually pretty good. Let's just, let's just buy one more. And then Mike's like, okay, just one more, Jen. Just mm-hmm. one more. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And just one more has turned into 10 properties later. And I think I've kind of given up now. I'm just like, whatever, let's just keep buying. <laughs> Drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah, so so how we got to 10 properties, I mean, it started with one. But back when we started, we didn't have a whole network. We didn't have a circle of influence, a sphere of influence. We didn't, we didn't have the power team that we did today. All I really knew is that, you know, if we did sell my first property and just basically see how big like, all of our friends are doing, find out how big of a house we could afford from the bank. I knew that I'd always be in the rat race and I'd never have those cash flowing assets that were going to eventually one day replace my income and allow me to live my why. So all I knew at the time was that if I held this asset, there'd be a rent coming in, the market would appreciate. I mean, we'd build up equity in the house and the mortgage was getting paid down. That's really all I knew. And then that sort of spawned into two and three and four. We continued into the new build strategy. And we were pretty strategic about the strategy we picked. Cause like I said, we were a very young family. We had a newborn. Uh, we were very, very green to investing. So we chose a new build strategy. So all the homes that we purchased were new build or pre-construction. So you buy them from the builder, you wait about year, year and a half, and then you close on the property. And so these were a lot more realistic for our lifestyle this time being brand new everything is new in the building there's warranty you get um, a premium rent for new builds they were all in Milton which is where we live so that was also very helpful so it was a strategy that we could maintain with the busy lifestyle that we had but like as all strategies it worked for a time in our life and the markets changed our life has changed so now we're changing our strategies now as well yeah, and that's amazing. And as I've gotten to know you guys, you guys are so quick to adapt and be able to change and, and make that next process easier. And and I, I love the story at the beginning. Mike was the one that was kind of pushing and, and trying to convince you and, and you were the kind of like arms crossed and like, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, oh, I was a stocks really. and bonds, like mutual fund girl. I was like, no, we need to buy stocks, honey. And Mike's like, no, no, we don't buy stocks. <laughs> well, and I think earlier on the podcast, somebody had given an example that they actually made a PowerPoint for their spouse to, to prove to them why they should invest yeah. in real estate. So Mike, kudos, kudos to you to initially get Jen on board. And, and now I know you guys are full on board. Double E Properties is, is rocking and rolling. So yeah, so from the new builds, what, what, are, what are you guys doing today? What's keeping you busy? What's active? How are you guys continuing to grow that portfolio to get it up to the, the 10 plus properties, right? So as the markets evolve, we had to change our strategy also. So at a time, you know, we could make a decent profit. Our value add was when we'd buy a property pre-construction, you'd wait that year to year and a half. And in that time, it wasn't, it wasn't that we were speculating, but when you buy a property pre-construction, the value add was when it was built turnkey and you could sell it to a retail buyer, but we just simply rent it out. That is now it priced itself. And for us, the problem is that strategy, it's no longer aggressive enough and the time period is too long and we're giving up too much control to a builder that's allowing too many delays in a year and a half. I always ask myself now, how can we get our money out quickly? How can we put our money in and do the Burr method and recycle that cash very, very quickly? So we came across the strategy and it's, it's people we met in the right club and it's being around Sarah and people like yourself who we met right, right in our, in our very own network who taught us the strategy. And we realized that, you know, we could pick up right around, right just outside of our city. We, we bought two properties in Hamilton this year on the mountain, on the mountain, we could buy these old bungalows 
basically renovate them, add a secondary suite to the basement, add renters to them, and then refinance them and take the cash out in a very, very small amount of time. So the, rent, the construction period is about four months. Then we'll refinance after that, get the cash out, and we can move the process much quicker. We're in control of the process. Yeah. I've got a background in construction, so I've got a lot of construction contacts with general contractors and trades. So this was, this was a strategy that was different from the new build strategy, and it was new to us. But the whole system, we already had the infrastructure and the power team, the network of people set up to help us come to where we are today. And it was also very lucrative. We're, we're joint venturing with a partner now on two of these properties. That really helped us accelerate our portfolio also. And we say it's, we're, as much as we're changing strategies, it's very, very similar to our new build strategy once we kind of broke it down and looked at it, where we're taking these older bungalows, we're completely renoing it, and we're creating a new build product in a way. So all of the plumbing, the electrical, everything, the toilets, all that kind of stuff is brand new. So we're getting a product that we're used to. So we're not getting those like phone calls in the middle of the night, you know, stereotypical, my toilet's broken. So we're creating our own new build. So, and we're also going to be able to charge more premium rent, get a different tenant rent in, put in. So it was actually pretty similar once we broke it down. We're like, this is already what we do. We are just becoming the builder now. So... And the big thing that I love about the strategy that we're using now is that we're purchasing these bungalows in the low 400s. You know, we're, we're adding a renovation budget, but then we're really boosting the appreciation up in today's dollars. It's over $600,000 by the time one piece is done. Because so it's we're, illegal. That's because, and well, that's it, because it's also legal too. So that really helps us with the appraisal to get the cash out. Yeah, and it gives us a much higher appraised value, which is important to us. And then it's greener and it's safer for the tenants to live in. We have a better asset. But that value add, that lift in appreciation is really, really important to us. And that's what we were getting in pre-construction. But it sort of started to phase out as builders started to charge more money as, 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 as interest rates went up and the market changed. So with this, we're really able to create money when we buy it. And when we do mild renovations to it or move the floor plan around slightly and add that second suite, we're really adding a lot of value to these properties. So you've mentioned so many things. I have so many questions. <laughs> so I guess you're at 10 plus properties. You started working with joint ventures. People were probably thinking like, I'm having a hard time right now getting past my third or getting past my fourth property. You know, how does Mike and Jen somehow get that many? So can you talk to us about the financing piece, how you finance them and then what you're doing right now? Sure. So what we did, I mean, it, it's very, very important. So when we started this, it's funny, when we started, it, it's like we always said, it, our whole plan was just one more. We didn't have an ironclad plan in the beginning, and we didn't plan to sort of scale up the way we did in the time period we did. So our conversations with mortgage brokers back then was literally, I'd call them, and it would be all around interest rate. What's your lowest interest rate? What's your best product? And it was conversations like that. What I didn't realize, though, is that we weren't setting ourselves up on a foundation to grow. But you have 10 plus properties, you have two kids, you're the best chef I know. And somehow you guys are still able to do everything that you do. So if people are at home and thinking like, you know, I don't know how people do it. Like kids are expensive. There are a lot of work. How do I find the time? I mean, you guys are prime examples of doing it successfully and in, in that power couple. Mm -hmm. How do we do it? Oh my God. I would say amazing team. Like we pass the ball back so many times. And we know our strengths and weaknesses. And our biggest thing is like, you want to do everything all the time. Like we both want to do certain events. We both want to go to the networking. We both want to go to workshops. Mm -hmm. You can't. And then sometimes we have to be like, okay, I'll take the kids this weekend. You go. And then next weekend, I'll go. You take the kids. Mm -hmm. 
But we try to involve our kids in every single thing. Like when we're going to design centers, we bring them with us and they get to pick out the carpets and the finishings. Or when we're going to the big box stores, they'll come with us and be like, okay, we need to pick tiles because this is what we're doing to the kitchen. And even our four-year-old now will drive by houses and she's like, that's an ugly house. We should take the tiles out, put new tiles in, and they'll give me more money. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> kind of, but okay. Working, but it's working. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so, and they each have their own house, per se, that they are responsible for. So that was their RESP. So they're responsible for that house. We, When we're going to the properties to do anything, they come with us, whether they're moving wood chips to the backyard. We love that they, we want them to hang out with people like you guys. Like we want to give them role models in their life. Mm -hmm. It's not just their parents doing this, that other people are doing this and other people are successful. And especially we have two little girls. They're three and four and a half now. And I want them to see women in this role. Mm -hmm. we're, we're showing that women are doing amazing things in real estate that we're kicking ass and that we're very successful. And I want them to see that in their mom. I want them to see that in all their friends. So it's just keeping them involved. Like we don't hide stuff from them. We may have like weird nicknames. Like we have the broken house and the foundation issue. <laughs> so, but they need to know that, you know what, sometimes things aren't going to go right in business and you're going to have to work really hard and be pretty creative about finding some solutions because not everything's, we like on social media, we think everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. And we don't want to give them that illusion about business that you're going to have to work really hard sometimes. We want our girls to know too, that it's also, it's also about being strategic. So when we sit down and you know, they hear us through meetings and we're not at the point yet where we have teams of nannies managing us. So there are times where we have our business right now where we do have to take the girls to bank meetings to get loans yeah. and qualify for mortgages. I mean, it's just, it's just part of it. We want to raise our kids and there's, there's a lot of things we delegate, but I, one of the things we do is raise our kids. We've got great help from our parents, great babysitters, but we also want to create a value system in our, in our daughters where they see that, you know what, we're not the master of all trades. I mean, we hire, we surround ourselves with people that are constantly smarter than us and doing more than us and experts in every field that they're the best in. So we're really, I want our girls to know that, when they're on the verge of going to high school and, and passing tests that you don't need to know everything. You just need to surround yourself with A players, with rock stars, with people that are, that are crushing it in whatever industry they're in. And those are the people that are going to be able to help you. It's like, like you ask, how do we get to, you know, 10 properties in their portfolio? Well, we've surrounded ourselves strategically with people that were not only influenced by like you and you and Alfonso, we're also, we also have a power team where we, everybody on our power team owns investment property themselves and specializes in investing. So they speak the language that they do, that we do. They understand what it takes, what we're going through to, to build up a portfolio. So we want our daughters and we want to show them that, you know what, you can have the lifestyle you want. You can live the way you want. You can live your why. As long as you're willing to, to very, very strategically line up a portfolio, line up a mortgage system, have a power team in place where you can keep accumulating properties. And, and these are things that they're never going to learn in school. Like they're going to learn algebra and like all these mm -hmm. things that aren't applicable to the real world. So as parents, this is our job to be like, let me supplement the other side of the education. Things you're actually going to use in schools, uh, outside of school. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, Right Club Nation. This week's sponsor is Emil Jelnik. Emil is a mortgage broker that has personally helped me grow my real estate portfolio and rent of own business for years now. The really cool thing is that he started out like most of us with no property and no money. Over his investing career, he was able to accumulate over 200 units 
The beauty is that with the meal, you not only get the mortgage you need, but you get investing advice from someone there that has been there and done it and has the experience. Absolutely. Now, if you're just getting started or perhaps you already have many properties or even if you want to get into commercial investing, Emil can help you. And he's already helped many of our Right Club Nation listeners. He's very focused on helping you and our listeners meet their financial dreams. So if you wanted to reach out and call Emil, you can call him at 416-402-7448 or visit his website, which is jellyneckmortgages.ca. If you want to get to know more about Emil, you can check out his episode of our podcast, episode number 21, and get to know Emil a little bit better yourself. But for now, back to the podcast. Yeah, you guys are fantastic role models for your daughters. I'm sure you guys practice in negotiating with them too when it's bedtime or they don't want to eat. So that sharpens up your negotiating skills for sure. Oh, yeah. but even, and even amongst yourselves, how you were talking about, well, I'm going to go this weekend and you take the kids and then you go next weekend. I'll take the kids and even planning that. So even now, as you guys have evolved now into your legal secondary suites, the planning of all that going on and Mike with your construction background as well too, that you know, the trades that are coming in, you've, you've worked with the people that have done it. What are maybe some of the, the obstacles or that you wish were easier or that, you know, that, that you've had encountered and now that have become easier because you've, you've solved that problem or encountered it at least once already. Buy poured foundation for the love of God. Do not buy cinder block because <laughs> that is when you have very large foundation crack issues that you will find out once you tear your walls down and you have a crack of foundation from the front of the house to the back of the house, vertically, that's, not that's horizontally. Really, it's really quite interesting. So you, that is a recent property. So can you talk to us like about it, the, the whole process that you had to go through with that? The foundation? Or the whole purchase. I guess the whole purchase. You can include the foundation. <laughs> okay. Still brings tears to my eyes. So, so this is this, this is the property that we purchased with a joint venture partner. So the partner we we were joint venturing with, he's holding the title right now. Him and his wife are holding the title, and they're also funding the renovations and putting money up for the down payment and the carrying costs. As our job, we're the active, we're the managing partners on the other side of the joint venture partnership. So this is our first one. We got the property. It was an off-market deal that we used with uh, with an agent from Right Club. We closed on the property. We closed very, very quickly. It went well. We had a home inspection. We had a few minor things taken off that we were able to negotiate off of the price. But as we got the trades coming in and as I got my general contractor going in, I got a call one day when he was gutting that basement. I wasn't there, but he called me and he goes, Mike, we've got a major problem in this basement. He's like, you need to come out now. You need to come out now. Like, and it, it, just, it just wasn't one of those calls that sounded right. And he texted me a picture right away. And there's a massive crack in the foundation wall. And I, I could put my hands in the crack up until my knuckles. Yeah. Crack. And I remember I just dropped everything that morning. And I was on the phone constantly with foundation repair specialists to try to mitigate this problem. And it turns out, I mean, the home inspector, he missed it. It wasn't in his scope of work. And that he problem. Yeah, that problem there, it was, it was going to cost a lot of money. But luckily, I always said, I said to myself in that moment, what's the good? Why is this a good thing? Why is this happening? Because I could have gone weak in my knees and given up and put my head down and said, you know what? This is, this is too much. It's, it's too much, right? To do it. But I said, why is this good? And Jen said at the moment, you know what? I'd rather find out about this problem where we went wrong on this one versus by five and go wrong. So we realized out of that, we found an engineer. We found an engineer who does home inspections too. 
to help us in the future. So now we know all the telltale signs to find out about a problem like this. We've also got someone to help us with the much larger problems. But a situation like this, one of the things I did to mitigate this problem was we had we had a contingency fund in the budget already set up in the budget for, for cost overlays. Because the last thing you want to do, especially if you're investing with somebody, is go back and say, you know what, we're over budget. And now we, you know, we're gonna have to do a cash call and call in for more money. So that happened. We used up the contingency on that. But we also, what that taught me to do, what that taught me to do is be very, very stringent with the numbers. So constantly, right after that, I want to still deliver on what we did. I want to deliver that product in the time frame that I said I was going to deliver it in, which a massive crack in the wall does take up a lot of a lot of uh, time to fix. And I also wanted to deliver on budget. So right away, I, I you know I got back back into the drawing board. I said, how can we do this cheaper and more efficiently and more cost effective? Well, and, we had enough spots in the budget we could pull from other areas. And by doing that, this, yeah, by yeah. sharpening your pencil and finding being resourceful, that allowed us to actually come in and still come in under budget and still be resourceful because we realize there's areas where we can cut money out of and really and really sharpen up on where some of our expenses were going. But in the big picture though, we were like, as much as in that moment you want to cry and freak out, we were like, if we can get through this, we can purchase so many other properties in the future because nobody will touch these houses with foundation issues. So mm -hmm. we're like, so we already know how to fix it. We know the budget to fix one. So we're mm -hmm. like, we'll be able to purchase them under market value because nobody will mm -hmm. go near these so we're like this is amazing and really what's that's like the worst thing you're going to have in a reno budget if we've already dealt with the worst anything after that it's just going to be easy easy then and because we got that property under value so not only did we get it under market value at the time because it was an off-market business state sale but the value add we did to that product i mean we're really forcing up depreciation so if i'm just buying a turnkey property and i have the same issue, it's going to hurt a lot more because I'm not really building instant equity into that deal. I'm just buying a turnkey. I'm not really creating equity. So because we have that space, that margin that we've created, worst case, it would still get absorbed. It wouldn't be money out of pocket if you're to turn around and sell. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that the biggest, you guys mentioned finding the engineer now having that experience, but it's that mindset that you guys had towards it. You weren't just like, oh, defeated, cracked. Now what are we going to do? Oh, we're screwed. It's yeah. you found the way through it. You found, you know, talk to people in your network, found the right people that have solved that issue. And guys, you weren't the first people to buy a house with a cracked foundation, right? People have gone through it before, right? Mm -hmm. So now you guys have put your spin on it and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to overcome this obstacle and go through it. And it really does come down to the mindset. And we do talk about that at the right club a lot is don't let that, if you want something different, you have to do something different. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So for, for good on you guys for, for having that foresight to say, okay, this is what we can do. This is how we're going to adapt. We're going to change. And even throughout your investing strategy throughout your careers, this is what you've been able to do is adapt and change into mm -hmm. something like a changing market. Now you guys had your perfect budget on that first plan and then you stick your hand into your, your foundation and now there's another problem. So you're able to constantly change. That's got to be something to do with having kids too. Cause like they could be like the happiest or kids Harry. in one moment. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah. So maybe talk us through maybe the numbers of that project of maybe including that or saying, okay, this was, was our plan. Then with all the adjusted changes, this is what the new plan ended up being. Yeah. So we had, well, what we did, so we had a renovation budget on that project. We used, we used a hundred thousand dollars for that project. Okay. But the first contractor where we got the numbers from, we started interviewing contractors, putting the budget together. It didn't work out with the first contractor. 
So I got somebody else through my my own network through through the from industry from the, from the construction yeah. industry that I'm in, and we got him to do it. And I was able to work out because I have a relationship with him. I was able to be a little bit more hands on with this project, and we were able to get the budget down a lot cheaper. So that right away brought all the numbers down. And then we also, because of the water problem, because of the waterproofing problem too, because of the cracked foundation, we got them to also include extra work that needed to be done that was in the scope of the home inspection and other problems that we found throughout the house once the snow started to melt. Like grading. That we planted for. Yeah, driveway. so we needed to do graving. We need to add second driveway for the secondary suite. So because these guys were there doing the work and because it was on the off season, it was in February getting this, this stuff done, the snow was just starting to melt, they were able to do work a lot cheaper because they already had all their crews, all their equipment set up on site. So that there started to bring down the price too. So that started to bring down the budget that we planned on for the landscape, for the concrete work that needed to be done outside. So that helped us too. In the meantime, the house, remember we got it under value, so we had that, that instant equity going on. The rental market in the meantime has picked up a lot. We didn't plan on that, but the rents have really been picking up because of the very, very low vacancy rate in the area. So, so that's helped us a lot too. And because we have a very tight network of other investors also doing secondary suites in the mountain, we'll also be able to compare their numbers. And it turns out that their after repair values are a little bit better than we thought at the time. And their appraisal reports are coming in higher. So with that added, with that price lift we're able to have and the new appraisals that we have, we're still able to get the investors money out of the property. We're still able to get better rents than we thought. The, the construction is still going to be better than we, the, the renovation budget is still going to be better than we thought. So, so it worked out well. So we purchased that house to, to, to give you an example of the numbers. We purchased that house for 390,000. It's a three bedroom. It, 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 it's a three, yeah, bath, it's a three bedroom. Yeah. yeah. And that's 970 square feet, 970 square foot bungalow. The ARV value for that is $580,000. And that's that's just if you're to appraise it. That's what an appraisal will bring with up. The two in the yeah, with a two bedroom in the basement. The actual market value is in the sixes. It's difficult to tell because there's very, very little for sale on the market. And a lot of the sales that do come off, they go off market. So it's difficult to see what the actual numbers are. But that's that's typically what we're looking at. So after so after we refinance the property at a higher price, so we're going to refinance that at $580,000. That's what we plan on doing in the next couple of months. That mortgage is going to pay out. It's going to be a cash out refi. It's going to pay out the first mortgage, and it's also going to pay back a lot of the renovation budget. So all in all, we're going to have less than $80,000 into this budget. We don't have final numbers yet, but we're going to we're in, into the property. We're going to be holding this property. It'll be a $600,000 property. So the ROI, when you divide what you have into that deal and what the market value is, is very, very good. I think that's that's very lucrative for a lot of people to get into because you can hold a typically big asset with very little money in, and that's how we recycle money. You know, money to us is, is, is limited. We don't have tons of extra money. So if you're not joint venturing what you're doing with your own money, you have to be able to get that money out, and that's that's how we're able to do it. Absolutely. So you guys are doing some great things, gone from one strategy to another. It, uh, it is really great. So Mike, Jen, what's next for you guys? What are some of your up and coming goals for the next couple of years? So what we plan on doing, we plan on, we plan on continuing the, uh, the conversion process just because you know what, it's so easy to get your cash out of this and recycle it that it's easy for us to scale up. And it's also very lucrative for investors. We have more people who want to join venture with us now. So we plan on scaling the business and creating uh, more of a scalable business that way. And you know what? I, I mean, we've always we've talked about multifamily in the past. 
it's much more realistic now that we've got the construction crews in place. We've got the experience to be able to, to rehab a, a property the way the, the property is the way we're doing it now. You know, we've, we've got the brokers lined up, the power team lined up who are specializing in, in, in construction's conversion process. So when an opportunity does come on, yeah, we are looking for, for bigger and greater opportunities. For one thing, you know, I mean, the whole idea behind real estate is, is to make money and, and, and fund a lifestyle. But also it's that challenge too. I mean, just, just to sit back and have something too passive for us. We like to get in there, get our hands dirty, challenge ourselves, take something, make it grow, uh, provide value to others, build up a team. I mean, for us, it's, it's, it's a game and we want, we want everybody who wins who plays in our game. So, yeah, and I'm we're, super we're, competitive. <laughs> I just always want more houses now. I'll hear somebody else bought a house and I'm like, Mike, we haven't bought a house. We need to buy another house. <laughs> well, it's funny. And when we sit down, like, you know, like last night we had a cash flow game. And when you sit down with people that are that are on the journey that you're on or they're doing great things and doing, you know, even ahead of you, it's so much fun when you when you look at your sphere of influence to really be challenged to, to do more and build bigger and greater things. So we're always we're always looking to keep pushing ourselves and growing. I just want to learn more about construction. Just because I'm the one who, like, being a partial stay-at-home mom, I'm the one who's always, like, sourcing the deals that are coming through. Because once the email comes through, I can check them right away. Sometimes Mike's on his day job and he doesn't have reception where he's working. So I'm usually the first person scanning everything. So I need to know more about the construction side of things. Like, Mike will talk to the trades and it's a whole other language. And I'm like, mm hmm and that means what? So for me to learn the details of the trades and how to do these legal conversions properly, it helps with me being able to source the deals. Because Mike will come home from work. I'm like, great, so we bought a house, surprise. Or I'm like, don't worry, Mike, I signed your name. We put in a whole bunch of offers today. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, there's trust in a marriage. So awesome. for I me, I definitely want to be a bit more hands-on and kind of learn that side of stuff. So I'm making um proper assessments and I'm purchasing the correct deals that are going to expand our portfolio, not limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's so incredible. And, and you truly do both of you guys embody the whole, the whole right club motto, like come grow with us as you guys continually grow, right? Your portfolio, grow yourselves, grow that sphere of influence of the people that, you know, that you're talking to, that you trust that now you're also helping other people achieve what they want to get. Right. And, and I think mm -hmm. that that's the cool part is, even the short time, it feels like forever, but the two and a half, three years that, that, we've, that we've known each other, that all of us have been able to grow together and help more people grow, that, that's the cool part, is that we're continuing to be able to do that, right? Yeah, and you guys are a true power couple. Like if I can think of the you know one couple where Mike is doing something that he's really good at when it comes to real estate investing, and Jen, you're doing what's you know really your strong suit, and then combined together, you guys are like, 110% and going and going. And, and by the way, you're like the best chef ever. And thank you for all those orders <laughs> yesterday that you made. I always get to see all the investors on board. I'm like, come, I'll feed you. Tell us about that's, your property. And that's you Here, have another cookie. <laughs> that's the best part. Cool. So, I, and I think you're like the only one, by the way, that makes your own marshmallows. So, like, yeah. Easy flavors. All right, cool. Anyways. So the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you guys a series for questions. Alfonso will ask some, I will ask some, answer them. Mike with an under 30 seconds. Um, you guys can either, you know, talk each separately or you can share the answer, whatever you prefer. You guys ready? Sure. sure. Yeah, of course. It's now time for the lightning round. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Sarah Larby. Sarah's goal is to help other Canadians create wealth and retire earlier through real estate investing. Ever wonder how to find, screen, and manage the very best tenants? Go to www.sarahlarby.com to download her free guide. How about where to invest? If so, Sarah is also giving away a free checklist to determine where you will want to buy your next investment property. Check it out on her website. All right. So number one, what is the best advice you guys have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? I'll go first. When you're working with your spouse and you're doing a business together, have boundaries, whether it's a spatial boundary, like you don't talk about real estate in the kitchen or have a time boundary where you don't talk about real estate after 1030 at night, legit all our rules. It makes you a much better couple where you're not smothering the other couple, but also gives you room to like not always be in the business and focused on the business because you need to be focused on each other as a couple as well too. So my biggest thing is don't make it always about real estate, even though you are doing a business together. So, so for me, it's, it's, it's surround yourself with the people you want to be like. So there's, there's a saying, I think is a Jim Rowan. I mean, you're the average of the top five people you spend the most amount of time with. And just, just surrounding yourselves, like the advice I got, surround yourselves with people that are, that are on your journey or going through the transformation you've been through and people that, have, that are just crushing it. And when you're, when you're spending time in, in that sort of an environment, it, it sharpens you and makes you want to grow to the next level. It holds you to a higher standard. So if you can do that and master that, that's, that's the best advice I got. That's awesome. Great advice. All right. Question number two of the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? My friends. For me, I'm not, I don't always read the books or listen to the podcasts, uh, that kind of thing. Cause I usually have kids in the car. So we listen to the wiggles. Uh, my biggest thing is if I have a question or I have a concern, just reaching out to friends who've done it. I'm going to get honest answers without like the spiel behind it. And that's usually the fastest thing to do to be like, I'm not alone in this, that Sometimes you feel like you're the crazy person amongst the sea of society and just to be able to reach out and feel that know everybody else has done it or know how to fix mm-hmm. it or where you're in that moment. Yeah, for me, it was it was people you have, you have access to. Yeah. So all the people that I've met in the network that I've reached out to, I mean, we had that waterproofing problem. I'm not a waterproofing specialist, but just by sending out messages for our network, that really, really helped bring a lot of clarity and answers and direction and what the next step was. So it's, I'd say it's people. Yeah, it's totally people. People That's and friends. Cool. Love it. And, Love what it. Do we, and what do we always say, right? Your network is your net worth. Of course. Awesome. So question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you each most successful? Uh, I love fine details. I'm a very, very detail-oriented person. It's probably why I like cooking so much. So when it comes to contracts, purchase agreements, leases, dates, that kind of stuff, I love the fine details. So that's definitely my strength. So in the business, Mike can kind of focus more on the emotional personality, mm-hmm. vision kind of side of the business. But, and he has these great, amazing visions up here, but I'm the one who finds all the little steps that gets us up to his vision because I can never come up with the vision he has. So I think having the ability to put all those little tiny details into place, make sure everything's running, everything's on time, budgets, things like that, that's where I excel. Uh, for, for me, yeah, I'd say it's, it's definitely the bigger picture. But for me lately, it's been allowing myself to be vulnerable to the point where I realize that I'm not the expert at everything. And as we're going through this conversion process and, and taking our portfolio to the next level, 
we're meeting people that are experts in every area. So if I, if I allow them to be the experts and realize that, you know what, they likely know the people on our team and our network a lot more than me in individual things, that has allowed me to leverage my knowledge through them and really become sharper myself by allowing them to do what they do best and not trying to be the jack of all trades like I did at one point when I was younger. Yeah, and a definite testament to that, Mike, you ask really, really good questions. When we went skydiving together, you were like, how high are we going? How fast are we falling? You know, what directions, right? So, and I was like, I don't want to hear any of this. I just want to jump. So, yeah, so you're definitely, yeah, you, exactly what you just said is that you, you're going to go and find the experts, but you know, you ask enough questions that you're going to become that expert yourself as well too, as you go through that. So that's, that's a great, great answer. Last question uh, of the lightning round. You guys have two young girls, uh, a growing business, a growing family. What does your typical Sunday morning look like? Oh my God, this. <laughs> Painting nails while you're doing a podcast, apparently. <laughs> you talk yes. multitasking. Yes. No, you know what? It's uh, doing conversions, being in a real estate business. Like, I'm very grateful to be working part-time, so I do have a lot more time to focus on our business. But on Sundays, you know, it's, it's that one time where we do like to focus on our family, have breakfast together, go to the park together, take the girls out. And it's just one of those times when, you know, like in our business, we don't, we don't really call, we don't do a lot of business talk on Sundays. We like to focus more on our family. We don't? Mike talks to real estate 24 hours a day. If and you know, it's sometimes, <laughs> we, yeah, it does seem like that. But we try to, uh, we try to keep it more and more family based and do stuff because it's so easy to get carried away in life yeah. with everything that goes on. And there is no nine to five in real estate. I'll be working late at night to try to get a property caught up or get a performer done for somebody or, or meet my obligations to keep things on track. So it is nice to have some sort of a consistency on a Sunday. And, you know, as the weather gets nicer now, We'll be going to the beach, we'll be going for picnics, we'll be going hiking and, and spending more time that way. Yeah, like we said, we try to keep really focused on the kids. Just because, like I said, I'm at home during the day with the kids and their first part days in school. But Mike doesn't get to always see them because he comes home late and they go to bed. So we're trying to really focus to make sure that it's like family stuff on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that stuff is more important than real estate. And I know this podcast is about real estate, but health and family and time and all those things... That's why we do real estate. At the end of the day, this is why we're doing it. Whether it's like to make a better future for our kids or spend more time with the family, like that's why. That's why I got so convinced for real estate. I saw what it did for our family at the end of the day. Yeah, and we said, hey, if I'm going to work really, really hard, it's either going to be in the trades, which I grew up working in, or working for somebody else, and just basically getting a check at the end of the week, or it's realistically you're going to be working really hard in real estate and becoming super, super wealthy as a result of that. So I had to choose and have life in my own terms. Oh. There you go. Life on your terms. So guys, if our right club nation or listeners wanted to reach out and know more about you guys, where can they go? Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram under double E properties. Our email address is double E properties at gmail.com. And also we're going to be launching our new website soon. And so you can go right now and see the old one, double E properties. And I also have a YouTube channel. It's Double E Properties. And on there, I love to talk about real estate. So I give away a lot of my tips and strategies. And it's another way to connect with us and get involved. So, How do you spell Double E Properties? D-O-U-B-L-E-E -E Properties. So P-R-O-P-E-R-T-I-E-S. That's awesome, guys. And thank you so much for your time today. Any last words of advice? 
or anything that you'd like the Right Club Nation to know? Reach out to us. We love talking about real estate and I feel like to do real estate is such a community. I used to think it was just you all by yourself trying to like truck through and make it work. But really in the end, if you're reaching out to other people, it makes it so much easier and you can do so much more with it. So definitely reach out if you have questions, comments. And, and, and I will say, how to do things with kids. I will say that, you know, it was you guys, that, that was yeah. the first real estate network I'd ever been to and become a member of. So I'm, I'm really happy for that. And you know what? I will say sometimes it doesn't seem like, you know, we're passing a business card somewhere there and, you know, we're taking information, we're just shaking hands. But I'm telling you, the relationships like I've built with you two, the relationships that I've, I've made there, the contacts, the business contacts, that came by building trust and building up those relationships. And that didn't happen by just passing off a business card and going on somebody's website or just a simple email. That took time to evolve. And now I'm very, very confident that we've got the right people around us, the right relationships with people that I can trust to continue our business and help us and grow with and network with and support. Yeah. And your club is like a family. Yeah. Honestly, at the end of the day, everybody is so willing to help everybody in any situation. And everyone is so friendly and open about stuff. Yeah. And if you come to the club saying, you know, what can I offer? How can I be of value to other people? And what, what can I go there to give? I mean, it just opens up the doors for possibility. And because of that, people, people genuinely, I find, want to help us when we're there. So it's, it's an awesome. Amazing. And, and we can't thank you enough, Mike, Jen. You guys are just permanent staples at the Right Club. Thank you so much for everything that you do for, for the Right Club and uh, being there every month, being present, sharing your knowledge and information. Wouldn't be the same without you guys. And uh, again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. That was a really fun interview. I, you know what? I actually really enjoy interviewing my friends as well. I mean, friends and people that I don't know because there's lots of stories that I like the story about the conversion and the, you know, how they went about it. Like I didn't know all the details on that. I thought that was super cool, but it's always just a fun time to <laughs> talk to your friends and interview them about real estate investing. And they're a true power couple. Like they are, you know, both complementary of, of each other's skills and just moving forward at full force. It's awesome to see that. Yeah. And, and I can't say it enough, Sarah, how much I need to thank you for pushing me and encouraging me to, to be a co-host on the Right Club podcast is this is the cool part is that consistently week after week, we're interviewing amazing people that have an amazing story and it's around real estate, but really it's the stories about the people, about how they've been over to overcome challenges, get to that next level and now aspire for even more. And you know what, without you encouraging me and, and pushing me to doing this, this podcast, I wouldn't have that uh, amazing gift in my life. So if you guys are enjoying this podcast, please reach out to us. We want to hear more feedback, encouragement, some just positive feedback, negative feedback, whatever you, whatever you think about the podcast, let us know what you want to hear more about. This has been so fun and, and I can't wait to, uh, to continue to do more of these podcasts, Sarah. Absolutely. Me, me as well. And uh, thank you for being such a wonderful co-host and guys, I am reachable either at Sarah at the right club.com or you guys can reach out to me on my website, Sarah Larby.com and Alfonso, how can people reach you? Yeah, absolutely. The same uh, email Alfonso at the right club.com or you can definitely get onto the website, uh, jagproperties.com, get a little bit more information about rent to own and about what we do outside of the right club. Right? So, uh, yeah, another great podcast, Sarah, and, uh, looking forward to next week as well too. All right. Awesome. Right Club Nation. Come grow with us.
Until next time, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.